Welcome to another episode of Bill Selleck Talks. My name is Bill Selleck. This is me talking. So, I was talking with a few friends on Voxer. Do you remember Voxer? It was super hot like 15 years ago. There's like one group chat that uh, that continues to, to exist, which I love so, so much. And I think I was the one that asked the group, like, what's the thing that you do now in your past year 30s, but before your 60s, middle age, I guess we call that technically, um, that you never thought you would be doing. And my initial share was crossword puzzles because of Apple News Plus. They have crosswords and I like the interface and Sean Zebarth has been doing crossword puzzles creation, like he makes them. So like he's been in the New York Times, he was in the LA Times one, I did that one, I was like, ah, I did your crossword puzzle. Never thought like... In my teens and 20s, I would be doing crossword puzzles. But I have a new one for you. This has been one that's been like, oh, I'd love to do that someday, but I have no idea how to do it. And so I need to add to the group chat, but I'm going to tell you first. A Rubik's Cube. Have you tried this before? Surely you've held one and kind of looked at it and been like, these are impossible. How do you, how do, you do this? But I knew that it could be done. And... Much like most of you, I'm guessing, just kind of had one randomly around your house. And our oldest, our sixth grader, was like, yeah, I got it for like a goodie bag or something. I don't I don't know. But we happened upon it and I was cleaning up the house a little bit and saw it. And I was like, huh, Rubik's Cube. Maybe we'll check that off the, the list. I hesitate to call it a bucket list, but it kind of is. It was like, I'd love to do that eventually. Someday. I'd love to solve a Rubik's Cube. So I hop onto the place that can teach you how to do nearly anything. YouTube, as my mom calls it, the YouTubes. Find a video and it has like 60 million views. And I typed in the ever brilliant how to solve Rubik's Cube beginner. <laughs> uh, and found something from the uh, YouTube channel J Perm. Looks like Dylan is their name. Um, so Dylan, J Perm, thank you. Uh, learn the learn the Rubik's Cube 10 minutes beginners. So I went through that beginner tutorial in 10 minutes and it took a couple days. Um, <laughs> it was definitely like, oh, I, I got, like there's a very specific workflow that you do for this if you are new to it. And, and the goal of this podcast episode is not to walk you through how to learn how to solve a Rubik's Cube but rather my experience of it and how that relates to educational technology. And yet, let me explain the tiniest bit, okay? So you start on the white face and the, the center of it is immovable. So you always have to like match the center one with its other colors and you try and get a plus. It's called the cross. And then once you get the plus, then you get the corners and then you've solved the first layer, the, the bottom layer. And then you do the middle one and then you do the top one. The top one's the trickiest. But that's the idea. You basically solve like the white face, which is the first layer. I don't know, if are they called layers, rows? I don't know, I don't know enough yet. First layer, second layer, third layer. And that first layer, I think I got like the first day. And then started doing the second layer and, and kind of broke it and was like, whatever. And also got distracted because we have three kids at home. So I'm not like, focused and determined it's just like i have it kind of on my phone and it's like time to make lunch um but i got through it and it took a couple days i was like done check woo 
It's like, hey, wait a minute. What would I do if this was students? Or like the, the other kind of similar thought I had was like, what do I love the most about like current trends, I suppose, in pedagogy? And the whole idea of getting reps, repetitions, I think is super underrated. The idea that like you can either do it once every day is is not so much like an entry ticket, but just like a, here's how we behave in this class. Hop in, do the thing, get a couple reps in, or just like we're learning a new skill or a new fact or a new something, a new insert your thing, and you want to get some automaticity there. Um, just doing a few reps of it either once every day for like a week or like three times in a row or like get it right and then do it three times in a row. I knew that I like there's something to that. The ability to actually learn something is repetition, which should not blow your mind. And yet I think continues to be a little um, underutilized. So like, let's do it again. And then the second time kind of with interruptions took a couple hours um, and I was like, I, I think I can solve it. All the while, I'm constantly getting up there. My kids are like, you didn't solve it. You cheated. You watched a video. It's like, well, I mean, kind of, yes. But also, like, my third grader is the one that told me I'm the one that built the app, not ChatGPT. He's like, you're the app developer. I have a whole podcast about this conversation, by the way. Go back and listen to that. And the same third grader, he was like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't solve that. Like, you had to watch a video. Like, but the the video doesn't show me how to solve this Rubik's cube. It just shows you the moves. Um, and I, I stand by that sentence, but also today, right before I recorded it, I actually paid attention to the time and solved it in five minutes without help from the video. So I guess I can now solve Rubik's cubes on my own in under five minutes in five minutes. Um, so that's amazing. But I'm guessing you don't want to hear just about how I could solve a Rubik's Cube, right? Like, that's not why you signed up for this podcast. So what does this have to do with anything? So first of all, like some of the more obvious things is like finding out what matters to your students and fostering those matterings, trying to create time in either your school or in your classroom to have students find out what matters to them and then giving them space to do something about that. All right, that's, that's a bit of a stretch with this, but this was not like a class project or something that I had to do to teach my kids how to do or like, I don't know. It was not like a PD. We're all going to learn Rubik's Cube. I had that choice. And so it's, it's just a reminder for me of like trying to shift schools towards more student-centered practices. The biggest thing for me, and this is not a revelation for any of us, but it very much cemented the belief that YouTube tutorials exist for nearly any skill you want to learn. It really democratizes access to learning for everyone. It makes those skills that feel impossible attainable. And that is a beautiful thing. That's almost a magical thing. I've gone on and on about generative AI, mostly chat GPT to help us create things to do things to develop skills and create content for things that either we don't have the time for, we don't want to make the time for, or things that we just otherwise could not do on our own. So app development is an obvious example for that. But to 
a much simpler extent, just having another human that's like, I love this thing, Rubik's Cubes. You want to learn this thing, and I will teach you this thing. Um, it was something that I thought was not impossible, but like certainly not attainable. It's like, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to take the time to learn how to create or how to solve a Rubik's Cube. And now I can. And today I did it in five minutes. That's, that's amazing. And so what does that mean for learning? The first big thing is that we have so many platforms. If we even look at just YouTube, YouTube enables personalized learning paths for all our students. So this is by no means a one size fits all or even a this fits all diverse learning styles and all our students' diverse needs. And there are videos of people teaching what your students want to learn. Those exist. And so it's just a matter of finding those and creating space in the day for them. Obviously, and, and much more simply, this particular activity is a reminder to me of learning from mistakes, taking risks, just practicing, getting those reps in, and perseverance. That's that's not a big theme of this podcast. Perseverance. I'm certainly not like grit. We're not oof. We're not gonna jump into that. But the idea that like sticking with a thing and trying to solve it, trying to learn it, trying to like get that first rep in is a good thing. So what does that mean for you? It means I encourage you to embrace challenges, encourage you to be open to learning through technology, and just like maybe find one of those things of like, I've always wanted to do the thing. And then either there is a YouTube video or there is a chat GPT response that can help you with that breakthrough. And that breakthrough that I want to name is a breakthrough and it's learning facilitated by technology, facilitated through technology. And it's a reminder to me of just the transformative power of technology in teaching and learning. Yes, it's about perseverance. Yes, it's about practice and reps. But it's also like the journey of learning, the joy of learning. And more importantly, it's about, I mean, at this point, it's not hyperbole. It's about the endless possibilities that technology brings into learning. It's an exciting time to be a human. It's an exciting time to be an educator. It doesn't just have to be generative AI. It can be the YouTubes. But find that thing. And if, if you've done something like this similarly, I'd love to hear your own take on it. Um, <laughs> the thing that kind of got this stuck in my head, if we go back to that Voxer chat, John Spencer was like, yeah, I saw this meme. It was like, by the time you hit 40, um, you have to have one of these three hobbies. You have to either be into woodworking, World War II history, or something else. Um, and, and maybe Rubik's Cubes is one of those things. Maybe crossword puzzles is one of those things. We may need to head over to our hub and go make a, another cutting board out of wood or make my own bowl again, um, jump into that woodworking habit. But yeah, lots of lessons learned, lots of reflection. And if you were doing one of these things facilitated through technology, give me a shout out. I'd love to know what it is. Or if you're going to do one of those, like maybe this is that little nudge you need to start one of those, I wonder, I want to learn how to do that one thing one day. This is that moment. Uh, it could even be just making your own crisp cut fries. So with that, thanks for listening. My name is Bill Selk. This has been me 